The following program is scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit. This is Take 4 Wrestling with your hosts, Brian Kilby and J.T. Hogg. This is Take 4 Wrestling. I am Brian Kilby, and with me, like always, I have PWA royalty, J.T. Hogg. J.T., how's it going? Pretty good, Brian. How are you doing today? Good, good. Well, last week we teased that we might be joined by a third voice here on Take 4 Wrestling. And uh, I am happy to announce that we are now joined by Tom McLean. Tom, welcome to the show. Um, That's a diehard Tom McLean, and I'm one half of the DCW Ultra Heavyweight Tag Team Champions of the Universe. Ultra Heavyweight? Yes. Is JT, are you an Ultra Heavyweight? Uh, I've been known to be an ultra heavyweight from time to time. Just depends on what I had for uh, breakfast. I'm, in the a, I'm an ultra heavyweight too. That's <laughs> that. That's awesome. Uh, well, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you. Thank is you. A, thank you. Is is a champion of the universe? Is that higher than a king? Uh, it's much higher. Oh, much higher. Man. Yes. Um, <laughs> I might be coming for that title soon. It's it's uh, it's the tag team titles. You'll need to find a partner. Uh, diecast. Oh, partner. You, you could you could you could tag up a diecast. It's like. Uh, uh, good friends, better enemies. Yeah, then we definitely lose. I'd rather team up with Massey over that. <laughs> I bet Tom has no idea what we're talking about. So <laughs> no, no, I've been following along on all the podcasts. Oh, I, really? I kind of know who Diecast is. Well, at that, least I've heard him. He's a little coward. That's what he is. I saw him hit you with a table or something. Yeah, after I I uh, showed pity on him, I'm never going to do that again. No. Are you going to be at DC in uh, September, October, whenever or August, whenever the convention is? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I'm going. I we, think I'm going there. We need a rematch. Uh, I will definitely uh, challenge him again. This time, I'm not going to make the mistake of turning my back on him. This will be great. So we're 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 sort of rebranding, repackaging things. Uh, we've been uh, focusing on a show. Uh, and, and sort of recapping that each week. We may do that from time to time. Uh, right now, I think we're just trying to fill things out. Uh, we're continuing to have our gimmick of the week, and we'll get to that here in a second. But I think this week we're going to try to talk through a topic just to, to mix things up. Uh, and JT, the topic is going to be... What makes you pop? That'll be fun. Something made me pop last week, and uh, I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, but before we get to that, let's talk about the gimmick of the week. What's the gimmick of the week this week? Well, the gimmick of the week this week is um, somebody that uh, Tom McLean actually knows pretty well. Um, the uh, professional wrestler known as Shark Boy. And uh, Shark Boy, uh, he, uh, he's a Les Thatcher trainee mm-hmm. uh, down in HWA, which uh, me and Tom are both uh, HWA uh, former trainees. And um, what a... How long have you known Shark Boy, Tom? Uh, I've known Shark Boy probably about ten years now. It seems like uh, it's been a, a while. Yeah, I haven't actually uh, talked to him for a while, but um, he was always uh, really good to me when I uh, started training, and he uh, gave me some advice one time because I now no promoters ever let me do this, but I've always wanted to do a uh, dinosaur gimmick where um, I was dressed up like a dinosaur, mm-hmm. and uh, Shark Boy is the only guy that ever said that was a good idea. Because he said he, he was like, kids love sharks and dinosaurs. He's like, it's perfect. But um, yeah, Shark Boy uh, started out. Um, he actually uh, started out as a referee. And because um, he, he was a smaller guy, especially for around that era. Yeah, uh, that era was. 
yeah, that era was still more of the uh, little the little guy didn't really get much of a shot. But um, I think he filled it. Uh, didn't he fill in one night um, as a masked wrestler? Uh, he was actually El Piranha. Uh, and, well, had, uh, had, we, had we done the, the proper research, we'd be able to do this uh, uh, a little better. But just going off the top of my head, that's 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 how it happened, because he, he'd been a, a referee for a long time and then they just needed somebody and uh, the Al Piranha or whatever. It was Shark Boy in Spanish, essentially. Yeah, he uh, he also um, around uh, 99, 2000 was when he went to um, WCW and uh, he actually told me a few stories about that. Um, he said that uh, when he uh, got signed on there, uh, Jimmy Hart was going to make him uh, special music mm-hmm. and everything. And uh, it turned out it was just uh, uh, remember John Tenta when he was going by the shark. Yeah, it was yep. just his old music. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> and uh he actually wrestled on uh, WCW Thunder. He wrestled against uh, Kevin Nash under his real name. Um, and uh, he said the reason why he got that was because uh, Kevin Nash came into the power plant and said, um, hey, who's who's uh, who's got the years here? Uh, talking about experience. Yeah. And Shark Boy thought he said, who's got the his gear here? <laughs> so he raised, he raised his hand, and he got to go on WCW Thunder that night. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, but um, well, who's got their gear? Yeah, would he, be a more relevant question, typically, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, you would think so. Yeah, yeah, because pretty much everybody should have their gear there. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he uh, uh, didn't get a lot of exposure in WCW. He's mostly used on Saturday Night and Thunder, um, but he uh, gained a pretty large cult following, and uh, he ended up wrestling for uh, World Wrestling All Stars, and then he uh, debuted for TNA. And uh, after a little while there, um, he started the uh, Shark 316 uh, gimmick, which mm-hmm. was basically uh, Steve Austin, because uh, he sounded like Steve. He could sound like Steve Austin pretty well. He does a, a very good uh, Steve Austin impression. <laughs> uh, did you ever get to work with him at all? Uh, no, I never actually worked him in a match. Because he also started a, a a training thing around here, and he's trained a lot of the local guys around the Dayton, Cincinnati area. Oh yeah, and, the Shark uh, Tank. I probably had four or five matches with him at least. Uh, yeah, he was actually he was, he yeah, was actually my it. he was actually my next door neighbor for a long time. Essentially, he <laughs> lived one block over. Well, there you go. But uh, I don't know if you know this or not. Either one of you, uh, it was in the news. He moved, uh, he recently got married and uh, had a kid and moved to a, a different side of town. And there was a peeping Tom in the neighborhood that he helped bust. Really? Yes. If you look it up, it's on, the, on uh, <laughs> uh, all, the, all the news sites. It was maybe a year or two ago that that happened. So he, he's a real life superhero. There he, was he, I wonder if he was in a shark mask when he bust him. I hope so. In my mind, he has to be. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he also... Um, Got quite a bit of money from Miramax Films. Yes, yes, he did. Um, do you remember the adventure of Shark Boys and Lava Girl? Yeah, uh, yeah. Movie? Uh, well, he uh, sued them over the Shark Boy trademark because he had it trademarked. Oh, wow. And and uh, I, that was an undisclosed amount, but it was uh, quite a bit from what I heard. Yeah. Um, he's. Uh, I think he's just more uh, training now. Uh, he doesn't, he still does, uh, independent shows, but I don't think he's as active as he once was. The, the um, classic quote that he gave me about 
uh, wrestling as you get older is wrestlers never retire. They just price themselves out. Yeah. (laughs) That's the phase that he's in right now. Uh, But I think we glossed over um, when I first heard about him was when Mick Foley became a huge fan of his uh, while he was still in HWA. And uh, Mick Foley was a big supporter of him. And uh, that's how I initially had heard of him. Yeah, he was uh, just a wonderful gimmick, and uh, everybody everybody just loved him. He came out to the uh, I Come From The Water song, mm-hmm. and um, just uh, kids loved him. Uh, he sold a crap load of masks, um, and uh, he's always been a super nice guy to me every yeah. time I've ever been on shows with him. And uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to work him someday, but I don't know if that'll ever happen since we're in pretty different uh, weight classes. Yeah. Because they usually bring him in as a uh, as a crew. He usually wrestles in the cruiserweights, but uh, that's cool that uh, you've got to wrestle him a few times, Tom. Yeah. So you got I, you got hit with the uh, deep sea driver more than once, oh, probably. No, actually, I won. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, you you are a pretty good cheater. I've been in the ring right. with you a few times myself. It was something like that. <laughs> Point is, I won. Uh, well, that's I, really I can't, all that matters. I can't remember. It was a couple of tag matches, a couple of single matches. Uh, uh, I know that there was never a, a clear, clean-cut victory on either end. A W is a W, though. Yeah. Cool. Any other uh, info around Sharkboy? I think that's about it for me. So uh, Just a great talent. That's awesome. Um, before we get to the topic, a couple of things. One, uh, we are uh, sad to announce uh, the passing. Uh, we learned about it today of Rosie from the WWE. He's only 47, and both you guys knew him, right? Yes. Yeah, I didn't know him real well, but I did know him. And he's also the brother of uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah. Yes, he is. The son of Sika. Mm -hmm. I actually earlier looked at the family tree, and uh, the Samoan family tree, and it's actually much more clear cut uh, than I thought it was. By my understanding, I thought it was like really uh, uh, convoluted, but it's actually uh, how everyone's related uh, actually makes way more sense. But uh, 47, the family hadn't, last I heard, disclosed the cause of death. Uh, But uh, that's really unfortunate. I hope that Roman Reigns may get, uh, may get, somebody may cut him a break break and not just boo him endlessly. But I know that's probably too much to ask. Uh, I don't think that would ever happen. Uh, uh, (laughs) I I don't get the Roman Reigns hate, but. uh, They they definitely don't like him. I, I like him personally. I I don't think I don't I don't get it because I've never really seen him have a bad match or anything. One of the things we didn't mention was that uh, Rosie trained uh, Damon Khan. Do you remember that? I oh <laughs> yeah yeah, and that's another story for for another day. Like I, <laughs> I I don't know that we should go into that now. Yeah, it's true. I'm I'm not one that gets mad often, but. Uh, a guy by the name of Demon Con got me mad, and he claimed to be trained by Rosie. But anyway, Ro- Ro- Rosie was a good guy, and uh, he has three kids. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's pretty sad. Uh, I got to know him when he was uh, chemo in the HWA in Cincinnati, and uh, essentially, like, I got to know a lot of the guys because when I'd go to the shows, I'd sit in the back to watch it, and the guys would just come out to watch the show, and they'd sit next to me. And uh, he was one of them, and he just stayed in contact and was always really cool. And even when he got called up to Raw, like, HWA would have shows on Tuesday, 
And so he'd be out on Raw on Monday, and he'd fly home, and uh, he'd come watch the show on Tuesday and hang out. But, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's real sad. He's been in poor health for the last three or four years. So, I mean, it's just a sad situation. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Joey, or JT. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I just uh, just want to say God bless him and his family, and uh, our, they're in our thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Uh, actually, though, speaking of WWE, Tom, you were at Monday Night Raw last night. How, how did how uh, was that? It, it was uh, it was pretty entertaining. I was uh, second row, uh, closest I've ever been to the ring. Um, uh, it's all like I don't know. Wrestling is better when it's live. I believe. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and like I, I know, uh, like the the big talk is the the finish of of the show with the big show and a uh, brawn and like that was really cool like i know it's a gimmick that's been done and been done a few times and has been maybe done better other times with the ring ring exploding but like big show really came out and really had a good match and he's really uh he's really you know he's changed his character as a whole and he's just a a much better athlete than he used to be and uh braun Strowman is just freaky good like he's so big he like he should not ever move the way that he does and be able to do the stuff that he does so to see that live was pretty cool yeah you uh you guys uh your daughter was actually on camera wasn't she yeah when when big show got slammed into the uh barricade next to us which freaked us all out (laughs) yeah that's a lot of weight coming at you yeah I uh, I kind of feel bad for the Big Show because he he went he went all out to get ready for uh, WrestleMania with the whole Shaq thing, and then that fell through, and he just got thrown on a pre-show Battle Royal, uh, and didn't last too long, if I remember right. No, he was out pretty quick, and he's gotten himself just in, he's in such great shape now. It's the best he's been in, in years, maybe ever. Yeah, it's just um, of course, I mean, he is in toward the end of his career, so I. I guess you have to expect that he's going to put a lot of guys over. Uh, but, um, I, man, the big show is a, a guy that part of me thinks that it, maybe it's good that they didn't use him at, as, you know, Vince likes big guys. Maybe it's good that he didn't lord over everybody for the last 20 years. But also, though, on the other hand, I mean, he's so big. You would think yes. that maybe they would have done more with him. Well, but, uh, to be the devil's advocate to that is when he first came into the WWF, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't the, the, the giant from WCW. Uh, like he, he didn't apply himself. They even sent him down to OVW a few times cause he was so out of shape and just not, not, uh, being what he should be. So it's not all on them for not using him. Right. I that guess could, that that's a good point. That That's fair. I always kind of felt like that, uh, the, uh, his uh, mustard was let out when he uh, lost his first match in WWF to that, Austin. That that certainly did not help. But uh, yeah, he sh- definitely should have came in and had a bigger push uh, from the start. But I, I think it is that, what it is. I think they're really doing a great job though with Braun Strowman. Uh, yeah, last week was amazing uh, when he uh, put Roman Reigns out of commission for however long this is going to be. Apparently he's still showing up at the house shows, but I have, it's been forever since I've seen like a total beatdown like that. And that would be something back. If that happened in the eighties, you wouldn't have seen Roman Reigns for months. Oh yeah, definitely. No. I don't think he should be on TV for a long time. Cause that was uh that was pretty brutal. Uh, the only thing I'm worried about is that 
uh, WWE's rely. I think there it seems like they're starting to rely too much on special effects. I know it's yeah. only been like two weeks, but in um, Mania, if you watched Mania, there was quite a quite a few special effects, like especially yeah. like in the Bray Wyatt match, which didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I didn't understand that at all. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just I, that's the uh, that's a fine line they got to tread. I think if they start getting too much into special, well, I don't know if it really matters anymore. But um, because uh, the way they the way they do things, like uh, it's just like the the big show. I mean, they've just he's been heel, he's been face, he's been heel, he's been face, he's been a monster, he's been hasn't, he's been like back to being a monster and stuff. And I think after a while, the people just quit buying it, even though he is a legitimate monster. Yeah, well, I'm I'm personally glad that he's back to being the monster, and I'd like to see him have like a. Because I, I know he said that when his contract's up, he's done. So I, I'd like to have like this last year of him just being the dominant monster and having the good matches that he's been having. I wonder how. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say he has abs now, too. So, yeah. I wonder how much more his body can take, though, especially being the size that he's, he is and the weight that he has had on his body. I just don't know how beat up he is. Yeah, that's definitely it's it's definitely rough on him. Um because uh, I'm a bigger guy too, and it's uh, the wear and tear is just it's extra. And he's got five or ten years on you, probably. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, you know that 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 that's awesome that uh, you were at Raw last night. You said you were a guest. Yes, uh, my my good dear longtime close personal friend Curtis Axel uh, hooked me up with some some second row tickets. Uh, that's I got cool. to know. I got to know him and his wife through uh, uh, Shooter Jennings uh, sometime last year, and uh, they're both uh, great people. That's awesome. Second Row is great. That's the I had Second Row at a pay-per-view about 15 years ago, and that's really close. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. That's a uh, Curtis Axel's. I always feel bad for him. Yep. Because um, I think he sh- should definitely be in a bigger position than what he is. I, you, you, I'm... I'm definitely on that boat because first of all, he's like a real sized wrestler. Like, (laughs) and and I mean, I'm a little guy, so, uh, but I also know what I like watching on TV. And there's a reason why Braun Strowman's being pushed to the top because he's big. He's believable. uh, uh, And when you're at the live shows and the cruiserweight matches are happening and they're doing all this amazing technical stuff, having great matches, it's you know there's absolutely crickets going on like nobody cares about little guys wrestling for no reason uh but curtis axel is a real sized wrestler who's actually very 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 good uh never has a bad match and every time i've seen him live he always has one of the best reactions of the night so i'm not sure why he's not in a more high profile like spot on tv yeah i remember uh of course, the what was uh, when he was Michael McGillicuddy, I was like, "What?" I, that made absolutely no sense to me. But then when he um, became, when they brought him in as Paul Heyman's guy as Curtis Axel, and then in the first promo, like Triple H slapped him and knocked him down, I was like, "Well, there you go." Yeah, like I was just yeah. like, they they just killed him with one slap. <laughs> but but you know, on the behind the scenes uh, aspect of it. Uh, it's it's came to light recently that he's the guy that's been training with uh, Brock Lesnar. He's the guy that was training with Bill Goldberg. He was the guy that was training with The Rock. So I mean, despite what's happening on TV, he's uh, pretty well regarded within the company. Well, that's definitely good. I mean, uh, yeah, you can make 
That's a pretty darn good career if uh, you get to be like an agent or somebody backstage, you know. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I definitely respect him. Uh, and I I think he's up there with his father. I mean, uh, Mr. Perfect was one of the greatest of all time, in my opinion. And uh, he's he's up there with him. If you watch matches that he gets to have where he has more than three minutes, he uh, he's definitely on par with his father. Uh, uh, I mean, he's a third generation guy. It's it's hard to be bad when you're a third generation guy. Like his little program that he had with uh, Bo Dallas that didn't really end up going anywhere except for a couple main event uh, matches. Were uh, that's some of the best wrestling I've seen on TV in a long time. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, family history behind that. Yeah, just a boatload of it. Uh, I mad. I haven't been to a, a WWE house show in years and years, but I imagine they probably he he probably because uh, that's where really where you get them see a chance for those guys to shine is at the uh, house shows because the TV matches are mostly all just throwaway. Yeah, from from what I hear, Sunday night he had like match of the night was Sami Zayn. Oh wow! Uh, in Cincinnati uh, for a house show. So but nobody will ever see it. No. So yeah. is did he move over to SmackDown then? Because Sami Zayn moved to SmackDown, or they, is Sami Zayn because he was advertised for the Raw House Show showing up on Raw shows? I think it was because he was advertised. Because uh, yeah. I, I saw the results, and there was a lot of mixed mashed uh, SmackDown guys on it. Yeah, I I didn't go to the NXT show here this past weekend because I just assumed that Shinsuke Nakamura wouldn't be there, but of course he was. So I'm kicking myself for not going. So, yeah, uh, let's see here. So let's go ahead and jump to the topic uh, about things that make you pop. Uh, We were talking about last week's Raw and um, what Braun Strowman did to Roman Reigns. And I guess specifically in how it built up, that's the last really big pop that, you know, I'm pretty happy that that was so recent. But that I got I, I popped big for that. I can't remember the last thing that I popped so big for. I, I don't know what makes me pop, but I absolutely know when it happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think the last time. Um, um, I know I was uh, absolutely floored when uh, um, Brock Lesnar beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Um, but, but did you pop or did you deflate? I think I I, I pretty much popped because, uh, I mean, of course, I was laying in my bed watching on my Kindle. So I was like, wow. So, uh, but the biggest one, um, that I can remember in recent times, um, was, um, well, I think I did. I popped pretty good when I thought Santino was going to win the Royal rumble, uh, right before, uh, when I thought he was going to eliminate Alberto Del Rio, that made me, uh, pop pretty good. Cause I was, a I I was a big fan of Sant- Santino. Of course, I'd never tell Jim Cornette that, Yeah, but, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't either. <laughs> but, uh, one of the, one of the biggest ones I can remember is when um, it was during the uh, Hulk Hogan Shawn Michaels feud, and when they're in Canada and they played the Bret Hart music, um, like that was I stood up out of my chair watching it at home, and just like cheered the TV. I, I don't remember that. What happened? Um, well, there uh, Shawn Michaels was talking, uh, cutting a promo on Hulk Hogan in the ring, and then uh, of course that's when um, Canada was just completely against Shawn Michaels uh, with the you screwed Brett chance. And then, uh, Sean Michaels hey, goes hey, to talk. Brett screwed Brett. Okay. <laughs> That's I'm starting to believe that now as I, as I get older and watch more and more stuff on it. But, um, 
uh, Shawn Michaels was just talking, and out of nowhere, they just started playing uh, playing Bret Hart's music, and the crowd just popped huge. And then uh, Shawn Michaels was acting all afraid. Then he was like, "Oh!" And they started laughing. And he's like, "You guys thought he was going to come, you know?" So it was. Uh, I got pretty disappointed pretty quick, but I popped pretty hard for that. Uh, but that was, geez, that was like five or six years ago. They so. did the, the same thing recently with uh, CM Punk in uh, Chicago. Really? I don't remember the uh, details around it, but I do remember like they started out off raw with uh, his music playing. And then I think Stephanie walked out or something. <laughs> so, but uh, it wasn't televised. No, it was televised. So they played Cult of Personality. Yeah. Wow. Because they would have to pay for that, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they probably still have the rights to use it. They may have it like already a flat paid for it as, for a while. Like an ASCAP li- uh, rights or something. Yeah. Uh, I I kind of fell out of watching wrestling for a while, but uh, the last couple of years I've, I've made it a point to try and keep up more and more on wrestling. And what's making me pop the most right now is uh, it'd be Matt Hardy. Uh and what he's doing because of his legal restrictions with his character. Uh, he's uh, apparently he's been changing his Twitter handle from like Mattitude to Matt Hardy version one to broken brilliance uh, three or four times a day. And then he'll do, he'll send out the same tweet and like all the different as all different characters. I'll just repeat the same tweet over and over in each character. And, uh, uh, real low key on TV, he goes in and out of his uh, yeah, broken character. Uh, I mean, Matt Hardy as of late has been on fire, which is pretty cool, I guess, because I had already wrote off the Hardy Boys a long time ago. So, are you saying specifically from the genesis of the broken character, or specifically since coming back to the WWE? Um, a little bit of both. I didn't really. I I don't keep up with TNA that much, and I only saw a little bit of it, and I was thoroughly entertained by it but i've seen everything since he's came back to uh the wwe and i mean it sucks that he can't go full bore but i'm sure they'll win that eventually yeah i don't see how tna has any legal right uh to it well i mean i think if if you work for a company and you create something for the company i mean that i know with the company i work for if i create something there they own it um tna but i mean the thing is i mean TNA, you're a contractor, not an employee. So yeah, there's it's just a lot of weird legal stuff. To I guess it could be probably the same as like uh, comic book writers. Yeah, but the WWE also benefits from that same deal, though, because if you create something in the WWE, the WWE would claim it just as TNA did. Yeah, but the WWE would go ahead and trademark it right up front and all that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if they if they went through the effort of getting it, they absolutely would. Maybe they could call him Fractured Matt Hardy. <laughs> Maybe. It, it, it looks like they're planning on doing something because I don't think he would be allowed to do that with his Twitter because, you know, the WWE is pretty protective of what they their guys do on, on social media. And I don't think that he would be able to slyly go in and out on TV if they weren't planning on doing something, I'm sure they are. They might just be doing, they're going to introduce it, you know, like, uh, just in case, like n- some of the fans don't know about it, maybe just slowly introduce that he's breaking. Um, See, that was it, definitely it, a, uh, character invention. Yeah. Uh, uh was, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I honestly never really cared for the Hardy boys. 
Yeah, pretty much. And, and so, so I think that it's pretty cool that Matt Hardy has done something uh, at 40 years old uh, in 2017 that's making me be like, oh, this is interesting. So speaking of popping in, in the Hardy Boys, like when Matt Hardy was doing his Matt Hardy 2.0 gimmick, um, I thought that was really clever. And whenever they would yeah. do something interesting with that, I would typically pop for it. I think as I'm getting older, though, it's really harder for me to really to pop for something. I've become desensitized. I used to like pop for bumps. Um, and like now I, I watch something I typically just cringe. Like probably the biggest pop I ever had was for that uh, Mick Foley Undertaker Hell in the Cell match. Uh, but that's mostly because I literally thought Mick Foley was dead. <laughs> but, yeah, I think a lot of people did. But now if I saw that, I would not be excited about it. I would probably be disgusted by it. To be honest, I know that makes me terrible, uh, but I can watch the I can watch the old uh, the, the tape of it and still sort of slip back into that. But I mean, there are ways to make things look violent uh, without having to take a crazy bump like that, like blading. But they don't blade anymore. Yeah, that uh, blading's definitely becoming a lost art. Like if somebody if somebody bladed or got juice and it was done really creatively, I would probably pop for that. Uh, blading's actually illegal in Ohio. Yeah, it's, I've heard it's illegal in other places, too. I'm not sure about North Carolina, but, of course, West Virginia, it's still legal, but everything's legal there. Of course it is. <laughs> but uh, I I've, uh, I used to pop, uh, I, I would pop for uh, Tom McLean's uh, mirror gimmick uh, in SCW. Oh, how oh did I was, love that thing. What was that? That was forever ago. Well, how did that work? What was that? <laughs> yeah, that was, so, uh, I would, uh, I just had a mirror, actually, uh, uh I had actually done this when I very first started wrestling. And then when I started uh, up at SCW a few years ago, it was suggested that I do it. And uh, I just walk out with the with the mirror looking at it. Kind of Mr. Wonderful style from his yeah. later days of WCW. Uh, but uh, in Any of the greatest uh, wrestling theme music I thought personally in the world. Uh, it was uh, uh, Don't Hate Me by Nerf Herder. Wow. I don't know if you ever heard that before, Brian. I don't, but I've heard of Nerf Herder. Yeah, you got to listen to it. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, it would take him twenty minutes just to get his shirt off. Wow, it was it was one of the best things ever. <laughs> I, I, I love throwback gimmicks like that. Like if something, if somebody does something, it's a throwback to uh, something from like uh, Jim Crockett promotions or anything like that. Um, and if it's done well, uh, I will typically pop for that. Or if, if if a I I have not seen a heel point to their head when they did something smart and forever, but if they did, I would just just die. The uh, the shirt thing uh, was was a a trick taught to me by Bobby Fulton. I used to tag up with him, and uh, it's a, it's just essentially a way to kill time, but it really gets the crowd into into the match. Where I, I'd ask for absolute silence while I took my shirt off, and <laughs> I'd slowly take it off, and of course there wouldn't be silence, so I'd just keep stopping and restarting stopping and restarting and i've killed many 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 minutes that way <laughs> it's pretty awesome yeah it's, yeah the the girls acted like they didn't want want some of that but they we knew we knew different well my my whole philosophy when i when i do stuff like that because people have asked me why i take so long before i start actually the actual match and like my whole thought is I can walk to a ring and literally do nothing and for however long. And by the time that the other guy touches me, 
the crowd's ready to see me get the crap kicked out of me and we haven't had to do one move and we could basically do two moves and go home and uh everybody would be happy <laughs> yeah that's a that's lord zoltan's philosophy too yeah uh, especially back in the day when he was a heel it's just a, it's something that works um i i don't know like uh that's the thing with independent wrestling is it's just a completely different monster than WWE, like wwe and the old stuff still works on the independent circuit uh and the old stuff is still better yep well like i said uh, or go ahead well they just they just want to see characters like they want to see a hillbilly or they want to see a real narcissistic guy you know i mean that's just that's just what they want to see yeah well yeah and as i was saying like it's wrestling's better experience live and it's because of stuff like that and uh because I know for a fact, if you put one of my matches on TV, you would lose viewers because they you need the, the fast action of today to keep the uh, television viewers interested. Uh, back, back in the 80s, there wasn't other channels to flip to or in other cell phones to look at and all that. So you could do whatever you wanted. And uh, you still get, like, even uh, today, like, doing an indie show, you run the risk of getting so boring that the crowd pulls out their phone and starts looking at their phone and not paying attention. But it's a lot easier to just pull them into the match because you can literally just see them and yell at them and uh, pull them back into the match. So and it's a lot. <laughs> you got a lot of advantages doing a small indie show that you don't on a national television love, level. Uh, yeah, if you see somebody out there on their phone, you can go out there and take like, hey, get off your phone. Yeah. I guess you, if you take it away, you might get into some trouble, but yeah, that might not work. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, when, uh, uh, there's been a few times where I was a heel where I would, if I saw somebody not paying attention, I'd run out and, uh, uh, go out and mess with them a little bit. And, uh, I'm sure Tom's done that a time or two. You ever gotten in trouble doing that? Like somebody try to fight back or attack you or something? No, I'm, uh, I'm, I think I'm big enough. Most people don't want to mess with me. <laughs> And uh, especially when I was younger too, when I had my long hair and I was, I was skinnier and had my face all painted up. I was a lot meaner too. So I've, I've never had a problem. I did have one incident at an anime and gaming convention that we <laughs> were doing, that we were doing a show at. Um, obviously, uh, when you do a show at an anime and gaming convention, it's not really, they're not a wrestling crowd. They don't want to see holds and stuff. They yeah. just want to see gimmicks. And, uh, Actually, the guy who runs Botchamania was was at that show as a panelist or guest or something, and he watched the show. And my match was his favorite match, so I don't know what that says about me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so everything was all gimmicked up. So I was I was uh, a masked, a drunken Mexican wrestler. Uh, I forget the name that I used, but I had a mask on that I couldn't see out of at all, and basically I was just dancing and and getting the crowd into it and doing absolutely nothing. And everybody loved it. And as I was, as I, as I was leaving, I thought it'd be a great idea to just high five everybody as hard as I could. And, and I don't know why I'm normally not a face. So I guess it was just me taking advantage of it. So when somebody stuck their hand up, I just hit it as hard as I possibly could. And then, <laughs> like I said, I'm wearing a mask and I couldn't see anything. And I go to high five a fan and I missed their hand and hit them right in the forehead. <laughs> oh, wow. But it's okay. She was fine. 
<laughs> and her boyfriend thought it was hilarious. Well, there you go. Yeah. That was the last time I high five fans really hard. Hmm. <laughs> no more high fiving. Yeah. But yeah, nobody's ever given me any trouble or mess with me. Yeah, I've never had any instance like that. I mean, I've had uh, fans want to beat up my opponent, but hey, being a good. being a hillbilly, I'm I'm pretty safe almost everywhere I go. So as long as I stay out of the big cities, I think I'll be fine. What else makes you guys pop? I'll be honest. Uh, if I go back and watch old WWF programs, usually if when Real American plays, I pop. I can't help it. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, I was really excited, and I popped pretty hard for Chris Jericho's debut in WWF. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was that was a big one. Um, usually, like, uh, oh, and when The Rock came back uh, right before he started his feud with Cena, that was pretty amazing. And uh, that promo he cut that was just... Like the crowd was just eating it up. I don't I think I don't think I was keeping up at that point. I like to watch, like, especially when I go to indie shows now, I don't like I like watching the matches, but I, I like watching the people more. Um I like watching their reactions and how they react to things and what what makes them uh excited. And uh, I get a big kick out of that. Uh, that's one of the things I like because I'll go out and sit at my uh, gimmick table and just watch. I'll watch. Of course, I'll watch the matches, but I'm only mainly focused on the people because it's just cool to see um, to see them just get so excited. Like, uh, Tom, do you remember uh, um, that woman that everybody called Raccoon Mullet? <laughs> uh, she was down in the Parkersburg area. Uh, when yes. we were wrestling for, uh Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, she passed away. Oh, did she? Um, yeah, she uh, sh- she had cancer, and uh, she was well, she got pretty bad there for a while. But when she was still healthy, uh, this was a woman that had been coming to shows for almost my whole entire career because I wrestled a lot in Parkersburg over the years. Uh, what, like Parkersburg and Charleston and uh, Buchanan were some big spots for me to wrestle at, and uh, she had been coming for years, and uh, she had her whole family with her. And, uh, I mean, they were, they were some crazy hillbillies. Um, and she, she would, uh, I I've seen her spitting the heel wrestlers and, and yell and get up and go almost get in the ring and stuff. Like she was just crazy. And, uh, one time she was, uh, I forget who was actually working the match, but me and Shane Douglas were behind the curtain watching her. And uh, she's like bouncing up and down, dancing, clapping. And uh, Shane Douglas said, he was like, you know what? I would like to be able to enjoy anything as much as that woman's enjoying this match right now. And uh, that that really stuck with me because she genuinely was having the time of her life for like eight bucks. Yep. You know, uh, there was hardly anybody there either. Like it was a pretty small show. And um, you may have been watching my match then because I um, as probably in Marietta. Yeah, it was. It was in Marietta in that hotel. Yes. Um, so it might it might actually been you because uh, you were uh, tagging with Beast down there, weren't you? Uh, he came with me. I was I, I tagged up with Howerton and Beast came oh, out okay. with us. That's uh, right. Yeah. So it might have been because I imagine she probably loved you. Yeah. Well, so. she didn't love me. She loved to hate me. But well, loved to hate. It's, yeah. It's exactly the same. In my book. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she just her reactions were just they were hilarious. And I remember some of the some of the guys in the back were like talking like uh, like they didn't like her and stuff. They didn't like her coming to the shows. I'm like, this is the kind of people you want coming to the shows. 
You Loud want people that get completely immersed. So what if they try to get in the ring on you? I'm sure it'll be taken care of. How much damage could she do? You know, she could so, fall and hurt herself. Well, yeah, she just hurt herself. Well, she that hurt us. Well, that that caused somebody some damage. <laughs> That's all right. That promoter didn't need to be. Anyway. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of agreeing with you on there because the things that really make me pop, like I pop myself in my matches. Uh, That's awesome. I, I, uh, I. It's it's all about the crowd reaction, and if I get the crowd to react the way that I want them to, uh, that's what pops me pretty much. Yeah. And any any moment where you can see that the crowd is completely into what's happening and is reacting appropriately, because I, I can't stand the uh, chanting fans of 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 today's wrestling that aren't paying attention and just want to be part of the show, so they're chanting just to hear themselves chant. Uh, but like when you can pull them in and make them a part of the match and take mm-hmm. them along the ride, like that's that's uh, that's what I like. Uh, so it's not necessarily just my matches or anything. It's just when when stuff happens right and the crowd responds and is you know and we become fans like we should be. Yeah, uh, yeah. One of my favorite things to do is um, when I get everybody clapping. I try to get as many people possibly clapping as possible. And then when I uh, go to lock up with the person, I'll stop them. And um, then I'll do like the shh and get everybody real quiet. I like getting it completely silent. And then I'll start clapping again. And then everybody starts clapping. Every time I do that, I get a kick out of it. Because it's like, I'm almost like a maestro, you know, like mm-hmm. getting those people into it. And uh, it just it's it tickles me every time I do it, so that's why I keep doing it. You, but you guys are making me want to start going back to indie shows. You should. It's <laughs> George, yeah. the best thing. George South used to run a promotion uh, nearby, and I loved going to that. I had a blast. Uh, but I don't know if he still runs it anymore. I haven't seen any of the shows, but it was always fun to go to those. Well, it's like you go to a WWF WWE show, and you're going to have fun. But yeah. when you go to an independent show, you get completely immersed. Uh, you can talk to the wrestlers. Um, they individual, like if you're a, uh, a big fan, they'll, uh, jaw jack with you in the match. I mean, it's just, it's a completely immersive, um, situation. And I just, I think that's why independent shows are just so much fun and you never know what's going to happen. You know, I mean, it may not even be the best wrestling, but, um, you can even have fun with that. Like, uh, sometimes I like to watch really bad matches. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. I get a kick out of that. Like I'm like what were they thinking? Like what cuz there's a lot of guys especially in the Ohio area that think they're wrestlers and they're they're just not. Like they didn't do the training. Uh they didn't pay their dues. I mean, um and just sometimes watching them will just I get a kick out of it. I mean, I, I don't think it's real great for the wrestling business, probably. But no, it's definitely not. <laughs> it, it entertains me. So, because even like uh, I can watch uh, when I I've been to a few of those shows where I where uh, I just went because it was like a free show at a, uh, a church on Fourth of July. Not that I'm being specific, but uh, they like the crowd was even having a good time. You know, like even with how bad the matches were. Um, yeah. Just watching like the little kids just react and stuff because they're just completely enamored. And well, I, I've had some pretty bad matches, I'm sure. And the crowd still, they're like, Hey, you had a great job tonight. And I want to, I'm thinking in my head, 
No, I, I was horrible. I, I'm sorry I put on such a horrible match. I, I think once you get into the, the wrestling bubble and you're, you're surrounded and immersed in wrestling and you're a wrestler, you forget it's really hard to remember what it's like being a fan. Because when I was growing up, uh, SD Jones had an action figure, so he was the biggest guy in the world to me. He was on par with you know, the Junkyard Dog or Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, uh, even though he never won a match on TV. Like, when you're a fan and you see wrestling, it, you enjoy it. Uh, that's the way it used to be, and that's the way it should be. Yeah. Like, when I was eight, I didn't care about match quality or work rate or how many stars it got, uh, and I still really don't. In fact, one of my things that I've been doing lately is uh, I've purposely been going and working to get the crowd to chant boring about midway through my match. And uh, I, uh, I've, I've realized that once I get the crowd to chant boring during my match, that they're not actually, but I could tell that they're not bored. And I bring them right to the point that they're probably getting bored. And then we go on with the match. And by the time the, the, the match ends, they're super into it. So uh, there's a lot to be said for slowing down and bringing the crowd into the match. And, uh, letting them enjoy the ride we have heard countless times like if you uh think you're going too fast slow down yep or i mean if you think you're going too slow slow down um interesting yeah but yeah i mean that's the key to it like some guy can throw 20 uh 20 kicks and punches and um they get a little a little tiny reaction but i can get the same reaction doing a spin on a body slam like just spinning them around you know uh, one of my moves that always gets the biggest pop is when I do the stink face. I mean, that gets a huge, I've never been, I've never had a match where that didn't get a huge pop. And, um, it, it, it's not like it takes any skill to do that, you know? Nope. And, uh, I think a lot of guys just get too caught up on, um, putting like five star matches on instead of just entertaining the crowd. Exactly. And, and like, also you gotta like the art of, gauging what the crowd wants is kind of lost because like i'm a big fan of doing fair shows and i'll do fair shows because you know there's just people there to have some fun and don't really care about the wrestling and just want to be entertained and uh then uh, a couple guys will go out and have like this real classic bunch of false finishes bunch of big high flying moves and most of the crowd will leave because that's not what they're there to see uh they're they're there to see old school wrestling yeah you getting a corn dog in the middle of a match, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I've done that. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, one of my favorite what? pictures of you is, um, when you're cutting a promo and, uh, your daughter's playing a flute next to you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was at a fair show. That's one of my favorite pictures. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, you're trying to be all serious and there, there's this little girl just next, just hopping around playing a flute. Because the way that it was set up, there was like a stage for a band and stuff. Uh, and then there was a street. And then on the other side of the street was where the ring was. And the people were sitting there. But the audio system was of such that you had to be next to the stage to use the microphone. So uh, uh, at a fair show especially, you have to introduce who you are as a brand new character nobody has any preconceived notions of who you are if they like you if they don't like you so like you you're starting over fresh and uh so i always like to grab the mic and uh uh 
be like, what's this guy's name? And they'll say their name. And I'm like, nobody here is going to be chanting that name. And of course, everybody starts chanting it and all that. And it gets the crowd involved. But, you know, I'm I'm in the middle of telling the crowd that I'm the champion and I'm better than them and all that. And I think she was six at the time. My six-year-old daughter comes running up next to me with the flute. And she's like, Daddy, look, I got a flute. Let me play you a song. <laughs> she's like, not now, kid. Get out of here, kid. You're making me look bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, guys. Uh, any other thoughts about what makes you pop before we wrap up this week? Uh, honestly, what makes me pop is good technical wrestling. Uh, like, like the Nigel McGuinness, uh, William Regal, uh, Fit Finley, Dave Taylor, those guys, mm-hmm. the British style. I love that. And I love wrestling like that. Catch as catch can. But unfortunately, it doesn't make the majority of the crowds pop. So I never get to do that. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, because that's, that's pretty much how I am. I was a big uh, William Regal and Fit Finley fan. And uh, during my lean years, when I got down to about, 260 pounds i was trying to wrestle more like that yeah and i realized people didn't care and uh so i had to go back to doing the stink faces and the and the the test of strengths and stuff exactly it just wasn't getting the reaction and nobody could care that i can uh and i've got like really good uh like chain wrestling training you know like uh like real good wrestling training and uh, mm-hmm. I hardly ever do anything like that, like uh, hammer locks and going into all the different moves and stuff. And I'm sure Tom has about the same, but it's not the stuff that gets over. Yeah. I mean, I if it was up to me, every one of my matches would be chain wrestling into a submission, like submission finish, like uh, minimal strikes, minimal high spots. Uh, but that that's what I pop for. That's not what the crowd pops for. So I don't do that. Like I love technical wrestling, but I have to be invested in the match. Uh, exactly. This is a longstanding argument with uh, my friend, Jason, not an argument, but we, we don't necessarily see eye to eye. He loves a good technical match for just the sake of a technical match. And I mean, he doesn't care about the characters. He doesn't care about, their history anything like that i if if two characters have like a feud or some sort of heat between them and they're both technical wrestlers and they have a technical match uh i will absolutely pop for that but like i just it's hard for me to watch a match out of time where oh god the example i think we used was like dean malenko and chris benoit you know not neither guy super heavy on character uh like if i wanted to watch a match of them from say 1996 i without any context i don't think i would enjoy it just because there's nothing there to hook me i need more than just the technical piece uh i i guess i'm more driven by character and just how charismatic somebody is and most fans are yeah but i i love a technical match i, I love steven regal uh, he's, I mean, God, he, he was amazing, uh, he, wrestling, um, oh, Castiglione, uh, God, what's his name? Can't think, um, Cesaro in, uh, like in NXT, uh, mm-hmm. awesome matches. Um, God, they're great, but, um, I, I usually have to be invested in the person before I can really get drawn into the match and what you're describing about how you 
work the crowd. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So yeah, um, yeah, that that's great. Yeah, Stephen Regal though he was he had charisma out the Wu Tang. Okay, so, if that's an expression. So I want to I want to uh, get this I want to get this out there. So sometimes really bad gimmicks that are uh, executed with um, conviction. Uh, speaking of Steve slash William Regal, like the real man's man gimmick, it was so terrible, but I loved it so much. I popped <laughs> like a madman when I first saw that. God, it was so yeah, terrible. That was, I loved that it, was, though. Uh, definitely interesting. That was, that was really bad, yeah. Uh, I don't know that I ever saw it uh, other than the videos. I don't know that I ever saw him in a ring doing that. Yeah, I don't think he was on. I think he was only on television a few times as the real man's man. Yeah, it was so great. I love that stuff. I think that worked really well. Uh, I look forward to see what we talk about next week. Um, so, Tom, do you have like? I'm assuming you have like a Facebook and a. Do you have a website or anything for people to go to? Um, well, the, it would be great if they all went to prowrestlingtees.com/slash/tom-mclean. Yes, and and bought some shirts. That Absolutely. Really awesome. We'll link to that as uh, well. Other than that, uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter. It's all Tom McLean eighty eight zero. It's T O M M C C L A N E eight zero. So, any form of social media at Tom McLean eighty. I don't have a like page because like pages are dumb. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, uh, they are. Uh, <laughs> well, Facebook doesn't. Uh, doesn't really acknowledge them, and unless you're paying, your Facebook uh, like page is pretty much useless. Uh, I got 400 likes. Yeah, and and if you if you make a post from your page, look at how many of those 400 people actually see them because you didn't pay to get it promoted. Well, that's true. So <laughs> I, I deleted my like pages because it was kind of pointless. I think I got like 2,000 friends, so I can accept 3,000 more. I uh, get in before. Yeah. Before it's too late. Yeah, you know that, why the getting's good. Yeah. I, I'm super glad you have a Pro Wrestling Tees uh, page because we can mention that on the show each week. Uh, JT doesn't have anything like that. No. So if you want to send like a self-addressed stamped envelope to <laughs> his address. <laughs> I could, what I could do is uh, I'll send you a uh, iron-on in the mail and then you can buy the t-shirt and you can iron it on. Buy your own shirt. <laughs> 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 uh jt how do people find you you can get a hold of me on twitter at jt underscore hogg and also tfradio.net slash hogg you got it this week awesome and uh i uh on my uh website you can buy some uh you can uh contact me and buy some t-shirts i got some t-shirts too and i'm going to be unveiling a new t-shirt here pretty soon and uh you can watch matches on there and uh Maybe I'll even put up that match uh, that I had against uh, in a tag match against Tom McLean. You had a Tom? What? Oh yeah, that's one of I beat you down pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Who, who was your Who was your partner in that? Oh man, uh, was it Halo? I can't sure. remember. <laughs> sure. I remember it was in uh, um, PWI Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Really? It was. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah Tom they, had an article in there. They were they were surprised that I uh, lost a match, and they tweeted about it. I couldn't tell if that was a slide on me or no, 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 no. <laughs> but of course it was. <laughs> I forgot about that. 
you can find us on Twitter at Take Four Wrestling and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Take Four Wrestling. And of course, more importantly, you can find us on iTunes. Go subscribe while you're there. Just go to iTunes, leave us a review. That'd be great. Uh, I am personally on Twitter at B Kilby and on Instagram at Brian Kilby. And you can find all of our shows that we do at TFRadio.net or on Twitter at TFRadio. And just, just search for Radio Free Cybertron and you can find lots and lots of stuff. We've been doing this for a while. Radio Free Cybertron's my favorite. Yeah, thank oh, you. Oh, and don't forget the Amazon. Oh, yeah. And if you want to buy anything on Amazon, use our Amazon links at tfradio.net slash Amazon. Uh, Amazon doesn't charge you a cent more, but uh, they send back a little bit of change our way to help cover the cost for the show. And uh, definitely after taxes, I definitely need you to use the Amazon link. A lot of great wrestling figures on Amazon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh you can get Steve Austin. Oh, did you see uh, that uh, the Figure Arts uh, Undertaker and Kane figures are coming out? Yeah, those those look pretty tempting. Yeah, they do. I might hold off till an Ultimate Warrior though. Mm, uh, man, I don't know. I not, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I may go ahead and pick up finally pick up that Steve Austin. Or I could wait for the Henry Godwin figure to finally yeah, that come will, out. that will never come out. That might be a while though. Yeah, you'll be waiting for a while before figure before Bandai gets to that. <laughs> Uh, well, guys, thank you for being here. I think this was great. I look forward to next week. I'm certain whatever we talk about will be phenomenal, like AJ Styles. The face that runs the place. He is the face that runs the place. Okay, well, we'll see you next week on Take for Wrestling. Have a good one. Boom!